Amen. You can have a seat. <clears throat> last, week, last week, we began a new series of lessons, short series, just two weeks, and it's called Beyond Our Comfort Zone. And we've been thinking about how in God's mission, He calls us beyond our comfort zone, that you know, what we want to do is not always what we need to do. And in fact, Jesus lays this mission out in a passage that is familiar to most of us at the end of Matthew, Jesus' last words before he ascends into heaven. And this is what he says. You've heard it before. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and, I am, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus says, therefore, go. Now, go is not always comfortable, right? Comfortable is a lazy boy. Comfortable is the man cave, the, the living room. Comfortable in some ways is even this room that we're used to. But go can mean well, being in places that are uncomfortable. Being with people that we don't know, among people who speak a different language. Going can, can be situations that we wouldn't normally just invite ourselves into, but going is what Jesus called us to do. Jesus didn't say, therefore, stay with what you're used to. Therefore, stay with what makes you feel comfortable. He said, therefore, go. And so we're called to do just that. Now, it's not always easy to just go. And yet, that's what Jesus wants us to do. Now, one of the things that's interesting as we Americans think about going somewhere is that the old rule is that Americans think that if you speak English loudly enough and slowly enough, anybody can understand it, right? And we sort of feel like everybody in the world should know our language because like, it's one of the most important languages there is, so surely they should just get it, right? But we're that way with lots of things, that if people were, were smart, they would do things the way that we do them because... We've figured it out, so surely they can figure out we know what we're talking about. And so one of the things that we struggle with is when people think about things different from us, and it happens all the time. I mean, simple things even. I know there are people in the room, people in our church, who would choose to make a pie out of raisins when there's perfectly good blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries around, right? I don't get it when you go to Cracker Barrel in Springfield and they say, you don't want the grits with that, do you? I'm from Georgia. I want the grits with everything, okay? We just don't understand when people approach things in a different way than we do. But, but sometimes that can get in our way. Because when we do things like go into the world and we expect everyone to do things our way, what they hear is, if I want to follow Jesus, i got to be like you in every way. And that's really not the message. And Paul dealt with that. Great evangelists, one of the most important evangelists we know about in all of Christian history, certainly in the Bible, Paul dealt with this very issue in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We'll get there in just a minute. But we talked last week about the huge transition in Paul's life, right? Like he's a Jewish scholar, a Jewish man. He's very learned among the leaders. And he's going out into the world and he's arresting Jews who have become Christians, hauling them back to Jerusalem to be tried. He is zealous for the law, Scripture tells us. And then he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, where Jesus speaks to him directly, and everything changes. Jesus calls Paul to be his disciple, and he calls him into ministry to do something. As a matter of fact, to go. And so Paul's whole life changes its trajectory in that moment. 
And now Paul is going out into the world not to arrest Jewish Christians, but to take the message of Jesus not just to Jews, but also to Gentiles, to anyone who's never heard of Jesus. And he makes that his mission for the rest of his life. Now here's the problem. Paul was crossing lines between Jews and Gentiles in the ancient world, and almost no one did that. The Jews sort of had their, their way of doing things, right? God had called them as his people in the Old Testament. We see that in the book of Exodus. God had given them the law that would be assigned to everyone. This is God's people. And so what they, eat, what they could eat was limited. The way they conducted themselves was limited. If you did certain things, you had to be out of the camp. You had to obey the Sabbath. All these rules and regulations, the Gentiles, everybody else, looked on that and thought, wow, that's sort of weird, Okay. But the Jews looked out on the Gentiles and said, they don't follow the rules, so they're unclean. We're not going to have anything to do with them. So these two groups, Jews and Gentiles, tended to stay very separate. And here comes Paul. A Christian, but still a Jewish man. And he's sometimes in Jewish circles, and he's sometimes in Gentile circles. And they're looking, looking at Paul going, what is this guy up to? Because when Paul's with the Gentiles and he actually eats with them, the Jewish leaders say, that is not okay, right? And yet, when Paul is with the Jews, the Gentiles look on him and say, I thought Paul said we didn't have to follow all these rules, but when he's with them, he does. And so Paul deals with that in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and I think there's some great lessons for us to learn as we, therefore, Go. So we pick up 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. Paul says, Though I am free and belong to no one. And what he's getting at here is he doesn't owe anybody anything, right? He's taking care of himself. He's not dependent on them. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave. I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. What does he mean by that? He's saying, Listen, I have a mission. And my mission is to share the message of, of Jesus with people who don't know him. And whatever it takes, I will make myself a slave. Whatever their customs are, whatever I can do to fit in with them, whatever they will understand, I am willing to do it like I'm their slave. Why? To win as many as possible. You see how serious Paul is about the mission that Jesus has laid on him? Whatever it takes... I will do it among Jews, among Gentiles. I'm ready to go. And then he gives us some detail on that. Verse 20. He says, To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, we're still talking about Jews, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. He's saying, listen, I know the Jews have their rules and regulations. I'm an expert in that, as a matter of fact. I'm educated in that. And when I'm around the Jews, I make sure I'm following their rules. Now, why? Here's why. When Paul went on his missionary journeys, we talked about those last week, he went to towns where Christians had not been. People didn't know about Jesus. And the first place Paul usually went was the synagogue. Why? Because he's a Jewish male. He can go there and he can speak. And he was eloquent enough and, and aware enough of Scripture that he could show how Jesus fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. It was the natural place to go. So Paul would be among the Jews. But Paul also know, knew that if he walked into the synagogue, 
carrying a pound of bacon, nobody's listening, okay? Because that is unclean. And so when he was among the Jews, he followed their food laws and their Sabbath laws because he knew only if he followed those rules would they listen. Now he says in that passage, I know I'm not under that law. Because he recognized that Jesus had ushered in a whole new way of relating to God. If before the people of Israel was God's people and they related to him through the law, Jesus had changed it so that everyone was invited to be among God's people. And it wasn't by obeying laws that you set yourself apart. Instead, you identified yourself with Jesus. You put your faith in Jesus as the Son of God who died on a cross for our sins to bring us salvation. And if you believed that, then you were invited into both a relationship with God and to become part of the chosen people. So Paul says, even though I know I don't have to obey those laws, when I'm with the Jews, I do. Why? So that they'll listen to me. Verse 21, what about the Gentiles? To those not having the law. So the non-Jews, because they don't have the Old Testament law. I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. So the non-Jews, the Gentiles, who look at all those rules and regulations and think, man, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. And those people are a little strange for doing so. Paul says, when I'm with them, you know what? I sit down and if they have pork loin for supper, I'm eating with them, okay? Because if they prepare a meal for me and I say to them, listen, what you have prepared is unclean. What you have prepared with your hands is unclean because of your unclean hands. I'm not going to eat with you. He knew they're not listening to me about Jesus. So I'm not going to live like that. He says, I know I'm not under the law, but I have the law of Christ, which was different than Old Testament law. Jesus gave us some things that are right and wrong, but it had nothing to do with eating with Gentiles. So Paul says, because of my mission, when I'm with the Jews, I do what's acceptable to them so that they will listen. When I'm with the Gentiles, I do what is acceptable to them so that they will listen. And then he ties it all together in verse 22. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. In other words, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. As long as I'm not violating what Christ told me to do, I'm going to do it. If it means following the rules just so the Jews will listen to me, I'll follow the rules. If it means doing some things that in my old life were unclean, but now I know really don't matter anymore, I'm going to be there for the Gentiles. All means all people. He just wants to get so people will listen to him because that's the most important thing for Paul. That was his mission. So as we hear that 2,000 years later, how does that speak to us as we go? What does it say to us when, when we as Christians know that part of our mission is really just what Paul's mission was, to share the message of Jesus, what do we learn from him? Well, I think it, it's maybe in three words we can explain it. And if I d divide that out, you'll see what I'm saying. Go 
sinned, become. For following Paul's example, that's exactly what we're going to do. If we go, go is, go is just what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, why don't some of you go? He just said, go, and he's talking to all of us. We're called to go. Now, last week I broke that down a little bit, and it's different for each of us, right? It is my hope that at some point someone in our church will say, you know what, I want to go. I want to go across cultures, across languages. I want to take the time to learn all that, and I want to go speak to a people about Jesus, people who don't know who He is. And that is awesome. And thankfully, there are people in our world who do that, who share the message of Jesus so that people can be brought in to what God is doing in Jesus Christ. And then maybe there are others who are going to go on a trip. We have people back today after their trip, and and what a blessing that is for us to go and do something among other people. It builds them up, it builds us up, and allows us to share the message of Jesus. But, But we don't necessarily have to go across a body of water. We don't necessarily have to get on a plane and go to talk to people about Jesus. Some of you in this room have chosen, you know what, right here in our community, I can cross some of the barriers that are there and I can volunteer at a place like Loving Arms Crisis Pregnancy Center to people who are in the midst of a really difficult time and share the love of Christ with them during those moments. Well, that's, that's going. It doesn't have to be a long distance to be going. And some of you are doing that. And maybe it means talking to our own families, our friends, the people we work with, the parents of our kids, friends, whatever your connection is, we can go and still sort of be here. And yet out of our comfort zone, outside of what we would normally do, so that people would know about Jesus. We're all called to go. But we're also called to send. And we see that at work in Paul's life as churches chose to send Paul places. And we are also a sending church. It is my hope that if somebody in our church, especially a young person, said, I want to go, we would be ready to say, we want to send. We want to be part of what you're doing. And the truth is, every month we send money to missionaries all over the world who are going. We're the senders. But sending is more than just writing a check. Sending is more than just saying, hey, I hope this goes well and this money can be used for whatever it is you're doing. Sending is encouraging and praying and standing with and being there when it's difficult and when it's great and celebrating and grieving. Sending is all of those things. And we as a church should be prepared to do just that. And sometimes sending is to individuals who are sharing the message of Jesus. Sometimes it's sending people who are willing to train ministers in country, you know, that multiplies the effect, right? Instead of having to send 10 missionaries, we send one person to teach 10 people in country. And wow, what an effect that has on churches there. But we need to be ready to send as a church and as individuals. And we need to be ready to become. That's part of what Paul's saying here. I'm willing to become. I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to make sure people are listening. And so whether we're the ones going, going somewhere different across cultures and across languages, or whether we're going into our community, or whether we're sending, we want to become the kind of people that those who don't know Jesus 
are willing to listen to. And what that means is being uncomfortable. Okay? It means being with people that we might not choose to be with. Learning a language we might not choose to learn. Learning about cultures that we might not choose to learn about. It'd be easier if they would just do stuff our way. But that's not the point. The point is hearing about Jesus and allowing Jesus to transform their lives. Now, the passage we read at the very beginning, Jesus said, therefore go. He wasn't just talking to missionaries. He wasn't just talking to preachers or elders. He was talking to all of us. And the question is, what are we going to do? How are we going to respond to Jesus' call to therefore go? It'd be easier just to say, you know what? Surely somebody else can do it. I'm pretty comfortable right where I am. But that is not what we're called to do. We're called to go. So where is it you can go? Let's pray together. God, we like comfort. We like ease. Help us to seek out discomfort. If it means that someone is going to hear about Jesus, help us to seek out what is not comfortable so that they'll listen. Help us to become the people that we need to be so that people will hear who Jesus is. God, we ask that you would be at work in us, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and continue to worship.